Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Overtime. Uh, it's me, your friend Ben. Hey, how you doing? And Gary. That's nice Gary. To, nice Gary. to see you. Hey, Gary. Uh, <laughs> so we're pretty excited to do another episode with you this morning, or this evening, this afternoon, whatever time you're watching. Right now, yeah, it's about midday, so right. even... Even my morning comment wasn't accurate, but uh, we, as always, what we wanted to do is just give you a quick highlight of something that is coming up this week. There's always our cow connect on Wednesday. We'd love to have you come and come and be a part of that. Yep. Meals at 5:30 this week. We're doing uh, meatball hoagies or meatball subs. Pretty excited for that. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. And then also, we want to let you know that the classes start at 6.15 to just kind of finish that That's up. Right. Classes start at 6.15, celebrate recovery. We've got things for children, got things for youth. We've got a bunch of different classes that are happening. But then also pretty excited about what's happening this Friday. So on the 28th, we have got a game night. It's kind of the first game night that we're doing here at the church where you can just kind of show up with your family, bring your favorite board game or card game, really bring your favorite game. And we're just kind of setting up an environment where you can come and just have fun to get to know some of your other church congregation members uh it'll be an awesome time so that goes from 6 to 8 this coming friday that is february 28th from 6 p.m to 8 p.m uh, should be a lot of fun we hope that you would consider being a part of that and hope that we will see you there so sounds good that is are you gonna be there <laughs> i don't know i just put him on the spot right like that yeah. guys that was just for you viewing audience and listening yeah. audience but uh anyway we are in week three of uh, the holy spirit correct um in an introduction to the holy spirit so as we usually do what i wanted to do is gary was the one preaching this past week so it, gary could you just maybe give us some uh i don't know if the highlights is the right word for it but uh just kind of give us an overview of what we talked about sure this past sure. sunday just as a reminder for everybody so i guess that basically um you know the church is not just made up of one person and paul's you know metaphor that he uses a lot is it's the body and right. he talks about the fingers the ears the head the eyes the hand i mean all that kind of thing and i so what he's saying really is that there's a lot of different people involved in the church and we all yeah. play a really essential role so i think that's the um the overview the other thing is that um the holy spirit's given to us actually to gift us so that we can fulfill a role within the church right, and right, right. so there's a um we talked a little bit about there's a real unity like we're actually all moving in the same direction but there's a diversity because we all have different gifts right right yeah yeah so i kind of want to jump into that i'm sure that you have tools like you've been a pastor for years so i feel like you've got some tools and some things that you could probably tell us that speak to how do we find our individual gifts but right as we kind of jump into that um i thought it was it was critical like and this is how you i feel like set up the the message of talking about so we go from the holy spirit and an introduction to him but also that the holy spirit's role and how he's present within believers lives and right and kind of the two connection that connecting point is that the holy spirit's active and working within our lives which is kind of what we've talked about in this series so far right, that's right but also how he's present within his church yeah. and so it's it's unique place because i feel like we're talking about both individuals but then also the body as a whole because that's really what makes up the church. And the church is not just, you know, the building. It's not just the steeple right, 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 and the right, doors, right. but it's the, the ecclesia, the movement of the church. So uh, I thought that that was a really good setup. It's pretty critical as we're talking about the Holy Spirit going, hey, the Holy Spirit is involved in this and he's engaged in this. Yeah, yeah. And in doing so, he 
equips his believers. But um, as you started uh, this story, you, you started talking, and I want to dive into this because I'm excited. I, I'm hoping that there's a deeper story here, um, and maybe it's a little embarrassing. I might be hoping yeah, for that. Okay. Um, but you talked about kind of the story of, of what it was like, the family dynamic that you had growing up right. of going to church. Right. Um, do you want to retell that or talk through that sure, a little bit more? Sure, I'd be glad to. So <laughs> it was really funny. Um, my, my dad, when I was a kid, my dad never went to church with us. And and it turned out, you know, that he was a former Roman Catholic. And so for him, you know, going to church meant if he went to a Protestant church, he had to then go to confession. And it was just way too complicated for him. But my mom would take us to a Methodist church okay. in Southern California every Sunday. And so it would start off with, you know, hey, you know, get in the car. It's time to go to church. Hey, now that you're in the car, be good at church today. And, you know, there was this, this sense like we sort of went to church and then we came back. I later asked my dad, I said, Hey dad, I don't, I don't really get it. Like why, how come you, you don't go to church? And, and part of the problem for me was I thought church was really for women. I didn't think it was for men <laughs> okay. or boys. And so I was, you know, and he said, well, you don't understand. It's, it's more complicated. Like the reason I don't go is because um, I'm a former Roman Catholic. And I said, yeah, you're right. I don't understand that, <laughs> you know? So, okay. um, but anyway, so, uh, but what happened was in, in my little brain, you know, I started thinking, well, how churches, old were you at this time? Oh, I was um like eight. Just you picture know. a little Gary. In, in fact, I here's did here's you have the, the same salt and pepper hair? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, that was yeah, rude. Yeah, yeah. That was mean. No, but no, it was no, fun. no. I um, it was interesting. So what I launched actually, this I haven't said this anywhere else either, but I launched uh, an assault basically to convince mm. my mom that she didn't need to take me to church ever again. Ooh, and what okay. I did was I started complaining about Sunday school, which then made her bring me into adult church with her. And then I just was a pain. I mean, I was just like rude and obnoxious. And finally, my mom said to me one day, I mean, I was about 12, maybe not, not even that old, maybe about um, 10. She said, okay, you don't ever have to go to church again if you don't want to. And I was like, yes, I finally got it. So isn't that funny? Like, cause now funny. here I am, you know, I'm in charge or working in a church and all this stuff, but you know, so I totally convinced her I didn't need to go to church anymore. And nice. so, but the, the point I wanted to make was that um, we used to go to a church and then when we left, we sort of left church there I never really thought about the fact that we are the church. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? And so right. when I became a Christian when I was 17, um, which was a, a few, obviously a few years later, started to then think about, well, what does it mean? Like, yeah. if you're, if I'm a Christian and I'm following Christ, and that whole idea of Christian actually means little Christ, which was interesting. That was sort of an insult at first. It was meant yeah. to be an insult to the Christians, right. but they didn't have a problem with that. They were like, yeah, we're trying to imitate Christ, so we don't mind being called little Christ, right? Yeah. And so, but if we're doing that, then that means that wherever I go, like when I'm talking to my neighbor, I'm being Christ's representative. I'm, right. I'm representing Christ's church there. When I'm going to the grocery store, I'm representing Christ's church there. So I, I've learned to live more into that reality mm. that, that wherever we go, we are the church and we're bringing yeah. you know, God's good news to bear wherever we're at. Yeah, so. I feel like there's a couple things in there that I wanted to even point out. First of all, if you know Gary now, you're probably struggling thinking of him as an eight-year-old that was bad. <laughs> Right. Because Gary's like one of the <laughs> sweetest guys you've ever met. Like you're like, oh, he's never done anything bad. I just want to throw it out. 
Gary's got a pass too. Okay? I do. I have a pass. He yep. can tell you about that at another time. <laughs> but, but the other point that you were kind of making is that you're right. Like I think a lot of people aren't aware of the the whole idea that the term Christian really started off as derogatory, right? Like yeah, it, it wasn't right. like, hey, I'm a Christian and I'm proud of it. It was it was like, yeah, you're a little Christian. And, sort of a slam. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's interesting how that's kind of come full circle. And and actually, you know, I, I heard the a teaching by Andy Stanley, I believe it was, um, talking about, you know, Christian is really hard to define. Like if you were to ask 100 different people, yeah. how would you define Christian? There would probably be about 100 different responses or maybe 50 or whatever you fill in that number. But it's a little bit hard to define because even all of America, we identify as most of us identify as Christian. That's general term. Like not everybody does. But right. but the the word that the, the followers of Jesus Christ used was a, a much more stricter and a much more like heavier or weightier word. And that was the disciple of Jesus Christ. Right, and, right. and the difference that he kind of goes on and he's got an entire series on it. Um, it was a great teaching uh, back several years ago at this point, but uh, just the difference was the disciple does what his master does. That's right. Yeah. Like he that's follows right. in his right. footsteps. In the footsteps. But a Christian is can be a little bit hard to define. Yeah. So. so it's interesting. Um, one of the things Paul says as he starts on 1 Corinthians 12, and again, he's talking about the body of Christ, but one of the things he, he talks about is that you can't actually... Um, you, no one would ever say by the Holy Spirit that Jesus be accursed. He starts right. off that way. Then he says, and nobody can actually say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So yeah, I, right. I find that really interesting. So he draws this line. You know, he talks about how they used to worship idols. And, yeah. you know, and basically, I think that's probably what was happening in my life when I was 13 to 17. I was doing all kinds of stuff I shouldn't have done. But then, you know, all of a sudden Christ got a hold of me through a right. friend right. Um, who actually shared his faith with me. And um, so... So again, it's interesting. So when, when you make that profession of Jesus as Lord, the Holy Spirit is actually working in you yeah. to do that. And that's yeah. a that's a cool reassurance that the Holy Spirit's actually yeah. with us. And that's that's powerful because again, like as as we're we've been talking through this series, there's kind of like this this tag team that happens as Jesus ascends into heaven. Yeah. Like tag team, the Holy Spirit comes in and he is working and moving within our lives. Like it's not just something where, okay, yeah. Jesus is gone, but no, the Holy Spirit has come and he's active in our lives, in the lives of believers. Yeah, yeah. And I think a big part of that is, are we in tune with him? Are we listening to his guidance and call? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think that's yeah. interesting. And I do want to dive into specifically like your gifting, like because that was something that we talked about, the the body. And right. we'll get to that. But even, even one of the statements that you had, I thought that this was a really good statement. I want to read it from my notes so that I get it right. Uh, you said, God had a has a church for his mission. And that was specific. Mm -hmm. Like that was, uh, you were intentional about doing that, not a mission for the church. Right, like, exactly. Can, can you maybe explain, well, what do you mean by that? That God has a church for his mission, yeah. not a mission for his church. Yeah. So it's interesting. It actually, to me, goes back to the call of Abraham and Sarah. And I think that, that God chose Abraham and Sarah and actually chose that it would be through their offspring right. that the church would be born. And so, um, which, you know, the people of God would be um, identified. And so what happens is that passage talks about God choosing them to walk with them, but also to bless them so they will be a blessing for all people. Right, right. So there's this whole sense that God is already thinking about everybody's welfare, trying mm. to do something that brings about, you know, a new way of being for everybody. And so, so I think that that's part of what's happening here that, um, that we, um, as we think about what is it that God's up to, well, God's 
plan and mission all along has been to actually change the world, to yeah. uh, to make things right that have gone wrong. I mean, it goes back to what we talk about all the time about creation, fall, redemption, restoration. You know, God is is at work bringing about redemption and restoration in all things. And yeah. then the last part of that is, you know, the consummation, or I like to say the new creation, where God's going to create a new heaven and earth, all these right. different things. So, so yeah, I think that's really important for us to get a picture of, that God is yeah. actually active, working, bringing us to that point. Yeah. So uh, as we jump into it, so we, I feel like there was a tie-in, obviously, to Acts 2, as we're, we're yeah. looking at that, the, the Holy Spirit descends. Right, right, um, right. Um, he comes down. I'm just trying to flip to it. So sorry if you hear pages flipping uh, as you're listening to this. But but then we spent a lot of time in First Corinthians talking about right, the body. Right, but, right, right. But you had talked about, so there's this springing to life that happens of the church that we see in Acts. And I think yeah. in the next, next few weeks, we're going to be continuing to talk right, about right, that, right, right, right. that Acts life and that church that springs to life. Um, and based in prophecy, that was in Joel, the book. Um, but then you also talked about some of the challenges that the first church had, mm-hmm. right? Yes, like, yes. And I don't know, I, I guess in my mind I'm thinking, is that worth maybe repeating, like talking through? Because I think sure. that a lot of us think that maybe everything in life is just good, right? Like when you come to Jesus, it's all rainbows and puppy right. dogs and just beautiful. <laughs> but that's not the reality that many yeah. of us live in, right? Yeah. Like yeah. it's difficult and there's hardships and we all struggle with sin. And and the early church had the same exact things going on. So that's right. I don't know if I, you know, maybe this is unfair for me to go, what are the specific things that they, they listed? I know yeah, some of those so, are mentioned. but So there's there's movements oftentimes that um, of trying to recapture the first century church and thinking yeah. if we could just get back to that, everything would be better. Right. But what they miss, they miss it is the fact that that church also struggled. Like right. it right. had its own challenges. And there's things in First Corinthians about, you know, somebody living with, somebody else. There's stuff in there about them actually having a love feast. They used to have a love feast where they get together and Paul has to write to them and say, hey, you know, some of you are drinking too much at this love feast. You need to actually sober up. And, you know, and so it's really interesting. Love feast does not sound like a positive thing. Like, well, it it also included included communion. So it was interesting. Okay, so the communion part was good. But when you say love... Love feast. It's yeah. like, ah, yeah. So no, it, thank it's, you. It's not quite like the hippie movement. Okay, that's that's kind of <laughs> but, what I'm thinking. I'll be honest. Time, yeah, yeah. Um, but but it's, again, there were some. You know, people were doing some stuff yeah. they shouldn't have done. And yeah. so, um, you know, he says, "Hey, some of you are getting you're getting intoxicated. That's not we're supposed to be filled with the spirit, not filled with alcohol." So, yeah. you know, that's a pretty good message from Paul. And so, so anyway, I think what happens is people will say, "If we could just get back to the first century church, then everything would be better." And well, yeah, but yeah. the reality is we're all broken. Yeah. You know, nobody's perfect like our sign says out front, right? Yeah. Everybody's welcome. I mean, and anything's that's possible, what it yeah. means. Yeah, yeah, anything's possible, you know? So, um, yeah, so I think, you know, it's not bad to hold up that church, but just realize that since the church was created, it's had its challenges. Yeah, right. And so I guess uh, to press a little further in yeah. that, as you look at First Corinthians, because I've read through it, and I, I know some of the things that you're talking about, I guess uh, I, this is just a recent question, and I, I haven't studied this in a while, so I feel like maybe I should know this, but was the book of First Corinthians primarily like a, a rebuke or an, a, an instruction that Paul was sending to that church? Like, there was a letter, and there was a purpose for it, and yeah. it sounds like there was a lot of discipline there was. that was happening, and that was, was that the primary purpose of it? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know that I can answer totally, okay. but I would say that every New Testament letter 
um, with the exception of Ephesians, actually, is usually addressing some problem the church is facing. Yeah. Ephesians and, um, and well, Galatians is actually um, addressing a problem also. Yeah. And so, so the only one that they've been able to sort of lift up and say is not addressing an actual problem in the church is Ephesians. So, yeah. a, a lot of Paul's letters are, you know, now he's off. He's off starting another church somewhere. He's sending stuff back to that church to say, "Hey, I've yeah. heard this is what ha what's happening, and I want to encourage you." Like one of the things he addresses is the divisions in that early yeah. church. Yeah. There are some people um, in Corinth that are saying, "Hey, I'm of, um, you know, I'm I of Paul, Paulo, I'm of yeah. Apollos," and then there's the cool group that says, oh, yeah, well, we're of Jesus. So this right? is kind of like what, a while back, there was those vampire movies. It was, uh, I forget what they were called at the moment, but it was like Team Jacob and Team, <laughs> like, uh, right? Like, yeah, this is, yeah. they were like Team yeah. Jesus or Team yeah. Apollo or Team Paul. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, so just their pop culture reference to tie it back in. <laughs> if you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's probably for the best. <laughs> so, so Paul's point, though, is that he wants to say, hey, listen, now that you're in Christ, you're united with Christ, and you're actually one body. So mm -hmm. quit being all divided and actually move together, move in unity to accomplish what God's calling you to do. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> so as we do kind of dive into 1 Corinthians 12, we, we read um, basically 1 through, I think it was 24. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about that. That's where we talk about, you know, the body of Christ. And, and one of the things that you had pulled out um, just trying to look at my notes to make sure that I get this right, uh, was talking about the spiritual gifts that God gives each of his people. Right, right. So you said the Spirit's job is to build up the church, and part of the way that he does that is through the different giftings that he gives to believers. So I, I guess I want to spend a little bit of time on that because it, it's one thing I feel like to hear that, like, wow, yeah, God has given me gifts, and sometimes in my arrogance I can be like, yeah, of course, God has gifted me with this. Right, right. But that isn't necessarily, like, sometimes that is what God has gifted me, and sometimes that's just, you know, I'm really skilled, or I've practiced a lot yeah, of doing that. Like, yeah. like, if I was to say that God has given me the gift of video games, it's not really a spiritual <laughs> gift. Like, that doesn't really build up his church. So I guess I'm kind of curious to, how do I, how does one identify what are the spiritual gifts that God gives, and then uh, I guess how do I begin to use them for God's glory? Like because I want to be used by the Holy Spirit, yeah, yeah, and I think sure, that's sure. what probably the majority of people listening. That's part of the reason why they're listening is that they want to yeah. live into the reality of the Holy Spirit. So how do we begin to identify them? How do we begin to recognize them? And how do we begin to maybe put them to work? Yeah. So I, I mean, I think that's a great question. So um, I think the reality is that. Um, that all of these gifts, first of all, is sort of a blanket statement. They're all what Paul would say. In fact, he uses this word charismata, which is a, a the Hebrew or excuse me, the Greek word that actually means spiritual gift. But that first part, charis, is actually the word grace. So okay. Paul's saying these are gifts of grace that God actually gives to the church so that the church can accomplish by the power of the Holy Spirit, not their own power, the things that God's calling them to do. Now, when you start to look at all these gift lists, and I and this is where um, I struggled a little bit with the sermon, because what happens is, um, especially in 1 Corinthians, Paul reveals this sort of gift list, which is a, a gift list, which is sort of hard to understand because he talks about prophecy in particular, talks about um, gifts of tongues and gifts of interpretation. And and actually, as you get into 1 Corinthians, you get to chapter 14, you'll find out that there's some abuse of gifts that's happening there, okay. which again, I sort of alluded to that he put chapter 
13, 1 Corinthians 13, right in the middle, which is the love chapter, right. where he says, look, you might have all these fabulous gifts, but if you don't love anybody, mm. you're just like a, a noisy, you know, gong kind yeah, of thing. And right. I think that's a good call back to who God's calling us to be. So, so in these gifts, um, what happens is God gives the gifts as God sees they're needed. And, and one of the things that's interesting about that is that that actually means that every church already has housed within it all the gifts God wants that church to have. Mm. Mm. Um, it doesn't mean that there won't be new people that come or God will call somebody else with gifts, but it does mean that the Holy Spirit is actually allotted to each church the gifts they need. And I mm. think that's an interesting thing to think about because um, sometimes we say, oh, as a church, we should go do this. Well, one of the questions might be, well, if we don't have somebody who actually feels the passion and giftedness for that, maybe that's something we shouldn't do right now. So, so it's an interesting sort of playback, you know, trying to figure out how does that help us to know what we're called to do in ministry. Yeah. So, yeah. but some of the easy gifts are things like um, gifts of service, you know, um, yeah. or gifts of giving, like, and here's another piece that I think is important. Like, so I have a friend who has the gift of giving and he is so generous. In fact, he will say this. Um, he will say, the reason God gives me money is so I can give it away to other mm -hmm. people. So yeah. he's got this gift of giving. But because he has the gift of giving doesn't mean that I don't have a responsibility to actually give. Right. So like, right. I can't say, well, I don't have the gift of service, so everybody <laughs> else should serve, or I don't have the gift of giving, so you should give and I'm not yeah. going to. Okay. So there is a sort of baseline where we all have to, you know, we have yeah. to contribute. We have to be a part. We have to serve each other. We love each other, build each other up. Right. But there are gifts and the gift is always seen as that which excels. Like, yeah. and this is the piece and this will sound really mysterious. And I, but I think it's true. Like when you're actually operating in your gift, you get that sense that God is doing something that you couldn't just do under your own power. Mm. And, and I've had that happen several times where after a while, I'll, I'll, in the midst of a conversation or something, I'll say, wow, I can sense that God's really showing up right now and really sort of leading this conversation. And so, okay. so anyway, that sounds mysterious, but I think it's part of what happens. You sort of walk away from that encounter and say, wow, God did something there. Yeah, yeah. That's that's good. I feel like that's important too. Like I feel like that piece of of being obedient just because right. you know uh, I might have the gift of serving, but that doesn't say mean that you shouldn't be serving. I think that's really important, and I think even that's what was going on in Corinthians, right? Like that's people right. are kind of that's going, right. "Hey, well, that's not my gifting, so I'm not going to do that." Exactly. But, yeah. But that doesn't mean that we're disobedient to what God has called us to. Specifically, like with giving, your example. Right. Like we're all called to tithe, right? To give yeah. to God ten yeah. percent of what what really belongs to Him anyway. Like, so it doesn't mean that we shouldn't tithe because right, oh right. well, my gifting is not that. So, right, exactly. Uh, yeah, and that's maybe exactly that's, right. maybe that tithing is is kind of a hot button for some people, and that's not really what we exist for as a church. But it is something that we try and do out of obedience. Like, sure. As we grow in our relationship, yeah, with that's Christ. right. So, that's right. So I did. I was thinking that maybe it would be worth like rereading. So I just looking at First uh, Corinthians twelve. Um, I guess I'll start it in seven. It says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given the gift uh, of this, um, is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, mm -hmm. to another prophecy, to another 
distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still others the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of the one in the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he as he determines. Yeah. Would is there any other passages that we would maybe add to this list? And and not like my opinion is like like I said, if I claim that Jesus has given me the gift of playing video games, right? That's right. that's not a biblical like that's not correct. My theology is a little bit off in that. While I might be really good at playing video games, that's not a spiritual gift. Like right, right. So using the Bible as kind of being able to interpret God's word, what are some of the other gifts that we would add to that? Like yeah. you, you talked about a little bit. So um, there are other gifts listed in different gift lists and they all do come from Paul, except with the exception of first Peter, which sometimes people will mention that also. So there are um, in Romans, there's gifts of leadership, gifts of encouragement, that yeah. other gifts there as well. So Romans 12, primarily um, Ephesians four lists, apostles, mm. prophets, evangelists, teachers, shepherds, yeah. you know, as another, sometimes people say, well, that's the roles like, okay. um, which I think is appropriate too, but there's also a giftedness to that. Mm. Like, um, like Josh is an apostle and yeah. you can see that, like right. he's good at really leading. And so, right. so again, I think there's, there's those pieces. I'm I'm actually the teacher. That's sort of my primary gift, yeah. um, along with encouragement. And so I I find myself very comfortable in those areas, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so uh, so there's different gift lists in in the First Peter passage. There's also a gift that sometimes, like different groups, um, Hybels Church, other churches sometimes pull out and say, well, there's also a gift of sort of creativity or a gift okay. of. Um, a gift where like when the temple was built, they brought in all kinds of, you know, beautiful things to make it this lavish place where God dwelt. And so there's this sort of craft gift that sometimes okay. people have, okay. things like that. So, okay. Yeah. I think that's good. I, I do think, and I, I feel like I heard you say this over the weekend and I, I think even right now, but one of the things that's important as you're looking at those, those gifts, the spiritual gift that maybe God has given you is to understand the purpose of that gift is not for self-glorification. Right. right. Sure. Oh yeah. So yeah. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like that can be dangerous. So like, do you want to talk to that at sure. all? Like, I think, I think the giftedness always should point through us to yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing. So, um, and actually, um, you know, it's sort of an interesting thing because we do get people that'll say, Hey, here's my gift. Well, here's another piece. So gifts are always affirmed in the body. Mm. I think that's a really important piece. So right, right. when somebody comes to me, they say, Hey, I've got this gift and I think I should do that. Part of the discussion is, is that really what God's saying? Right. You right. know? And so I think, again, that's, and that's important because otherwise the church ends up going off in all these different directions and, yeah, yeah. you know, you're depleting all your energy and the focus of where God may want you to actually go with your vision. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So I think that's really important. I, I would say too that, um, and I said this in the sermon, but I think, so everybody who's a believer actually has a spiritual gift. It's not, right. it's not a question. You, yeah, you're, you're gifted. Yeah. Right. You're gifted by the spirit. So one of the ways to actually discover your gift is to um, actually ask somebody who knows you really well, just yeah. simply sit down and say, Hey, you know, if you were going to guess what you think my spiritual gifts are, what would you guess? And you know, what would you think my gift is? And yeah. have a conversation about that because yeah, again, the gifts are always affirmed in the body. So yeah. if somebody is saying, Hey, I really, and, and what you'll hear sometimes is, Hey, the thing I really appreciate about you yeah. is that you're always, you know, like 
steadfast and there and, you know, and they're probably pointing to a gift of faithfulness, mm-hmm. right? Or they might say, hey, when I talk to you, you always help me sort of sift through what's, you know, what are all the other pieces, but what's the right answer to something? And they may be um, pointing to the gift of discernment. Okay. So, so I think that's, that's good. good. And then the other thing I'd say is sometimes just keep an ear open, you know, for about a month. I mean, like, just every day, just sort of listen to what people say they appreciate about you, because the reality is, even if you don't know your gifts, you're actually using them. Right. And so people will say, gosh, I just appreciate how you encourage me. And, and so they're probably pointing to one of your gifts. So we we'll just encourage you to do that. And um, and if you want more help, um, I've actually a friend of mine and myself, we wrote a spiritual gifts assessment yeah. um, that actually used to be online. It's not online anymore, but I've got paper copies if you ever want to take that would love to give yeah. you a copy and you know so, so i do yeah that's what i was curious and i feel like you you might have already answered it but i'm not sure if there's anything more to it but like so if i'm sitting here i'm hearing you say okay i'm a believer i follow christ he's my lord and savior but i have a gift and i'm kind of scratching my head going really i'm not sure what that is like how do i begin to find it so i i can talk to friends who maybe can say that they see that, but, but maybe my friends don't necessarily see that. Like how do you, how do you, I guess, continue to go about that and maybe even explore the idea? Well, maybe I have a spiritual gifting of hospitality or how do I begin to, to experiment with that? So I guess it's still part of the question. How do I like identify or recognize the spiritual gifts that God has given me? Um, and then I feel like the last part, and we'll get to this in, in a moment or however you want to do this, um, is how do I begin to use that? So they may be one in the same answer, but like, yeah. how do I identify that? I think that spiritual gift test, which I've personally taken from, uh, I'm pretty sure that it was your test that I've taken, probably, yeah. um, is pretty accurate. Like in, in the sense that like, I feel like as I've taken them and I'm, I've got the benefit of being a pastor and having worked in church for years. So this was not the first spiritual gift test that I've taken. So uh, the test that I did was great in the sense that it reaffirmed kind of what I felt like my gifting was, what God was calling me to. And then even in that, like one of the things that I feel like I've noticed is that I've taken so many spiritual gifts over the years that it's sometimes it seems like my spiritual gifts change. Is that possible? So there is, I did have a point in my life where I was moving from being an associate pastor to being a senior pastor. And I did, I did find that uh, as I took that test again, or that assessment, I went from, um, be having a strong teaching um, gift to having a proclamation gift, Okay, which was really interesting. And I don't, I, I still think I, I, don't see a lot of difference between teaching and proclamation necessarily, okay. but yeah, somehow sure. that was identified. Yeah. So. What, what would be the difference between teaching and proclamation? So usually proclamation has more to deal with, um, with proclaiming the gospel, okay. you know, like, and again, um, a lot of times the proclamation gift is the preaching gift. Okay. It okay. is actually the, you know, that it's, um, we call it teaching here more than we do that. But if yeah. you sort of get into that, I, I'll but tell you. Teachings could be like systems, like the way of doing things. Is that yeah. accurate? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So one thing that's interesting is, um, and if this would be helpful, I'd be glad to give this to anybody too. Actually, if you can find um, the definitions of what the gifts are, yeah, one of the things you can do then is you can look at um, what that definition is and just simply say, hey, do I think this is true of me? Because the reality is um, we don't have all the gifts. Nobody has all the gifts. I right. mean, we all have certain gifts. Um, but as you're looking at that, you'll, you'll be able to say, oh, yeah, you know what? I think this is something that's true of me. Right, right. Yeah. 
And I, I think as I'm, so you played a video on Sunday where it was a great video where it's talking about the body, like the whole illustration that Paul's using is the body of Christ. And, right, right, right. And some people are hands and some are feet and some are, I don't know, noses, some are ears. Yeah. Like you, you fill it in. And basically in the video that you showed was this, uh, what what they call him? The the young pastor? The, yeah, kid pastor. The kid yeah. pastor. Kid pastor. It's a funny deal. Yeah, he's playing with a potato head and he's trying to put like the hand yeah. in the eye socket or like the nose like towards the backside. Yeah. And, and I missed the comment in there. He said, Oh, you're not going to like that smell. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So like that's good. But I think that there's almost some truth in that. Like while we looked at, at that video, we get a watch it and we get a kind of laugh at it. Right. I think the reality is, is that sometimes we want to be like more prominent, like, yes. Right. So how, how do we wrestle with those feelings of, or emotions? So let's just say that we feel like God has given us uh you know, the gifting of hospitality, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is mm -hmm. something that w we see, but we're like, man, I really want the gift of leadership. Like, right, right, right. What do you right, right. do when you, I guess your desires don't match up with your gifting? Yeah, that's a great question, I think. So Paul says to actually desire the greater gifts, which is sort of weird, like, yeah. because the reality is the spirit gives the gifts. So, but he's saying it's okay to desire those greater gifts. But I think the proof is in the pudding, not yeah. to be weird, but I think, um, you know, the reality is that um, if we have that gift, it'll be it'll become yeah. visible. Yeah. So I had a funny there's a funny story actually coming out of um, another church where this guy went to the senior pastor, said, I totally feel called to be the preacher. Like, yeah. I, I want to preach. And and so the pastor said, oh, that's interesting. And was thinking about it and said, well, I'll tell you what, I got I got something I want you to do first. Okay. And he said he pointed at a tree that was out in the yard and he said, for the next year, I want you to care for that tree. Hmm. It was really interesting. So, and he, and so the guy said, okay, which is, you know, yeah, and, uh, but what happened was, and again, see, I think there's, there needs to be a humility that comes yeah. with our gifts, right? right so, right. so this guy actually fertilized the tree. He raked under it when the leaves fell down. He took care of it, mowed the lawn under there for a whole year. He did this. And then he went back to the pastor and the pastor said, okay, now you can preach. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's just interesting because I think what happens is we go, Hey, I want those really visible gifts. And, right, and right. here's another point I think too, like, um, and I, I for, forgot, I don't think I said this in the sermon, but, um, what happens a lot of times is we disqualify ourselves at church because we, mm. we look up and we see, you know, the worship leaders and we think, Oh, I wish I had a gift like them. Or we yeah. see somebody who's teaching. We say, Oh, I wish I had a gift like them. But what we don't realize is how many service gifts, how many different gifts were used to actually put together one Saturday right. or Sunday right, service. Right, right. And and it takes, I mean, it takes hundreds of people, hundreds yeah. of hours to actually get ready for all this. So don't ever minimize the thing that right. God wants to do through you because, because you're part of God's larger plan, right, you right. know, to actually bring to bear what God wants in this world and in this church. So yeah. I think that's a really important piece. I think that's so true. Like even so recently I, I had a meeting with some of our elders or not our elders, excuse me, our, our greeters, our welcome right, team, right. Um, kind of the first impressions people, right? Yeah, like as you yeah. come in the building, they're the first people you meet. And this sounds, I don't mean for this to sound arrogant, but people have said time and time again that they felt really welcomed here. Yeah. And that does, honestly, that while that may be part of what happens on stage, the majority of that is the interaction that they get from a parking lot. That's right. Into the building. And Absolutely. And it's those people working with their gifts 
some of those people would never set foot onto a stage. Like they just yeah. are not yeah, interested not in that. The thing. Yeah. But it's those people that make them feel loved and connected and really even gives them the opportunity for the, the other giftings for, yep. well, I'll say yep. mouth in this, at this point, like for the mouth to be able to proclaim the gospel. Yep. And it's because, you know, the hands have, you know, yeah. greeted them that they've yeah. smiled at them. Like, so there's so many different gifts that go to it. Like, so even as, uh, and I get the opportunity to stand on stage and do announcements or whatever, but it's not, it's not those things that really create the environment. It's, it's the entire body. That's right. That's right. And it's working together that brings glory and unifies us as one yeah. and moves us towards what God has called yeah, us Yeah, I to. think that's so important because yeah. like, and we do, we hear that all the time. People say, man, I got more people said hi to me, welcomed right. me. Right. That is such a gift. So there's that whole encouragement, all that, right. all those pieces of service, everything that are coming out that really make people know that they're welcome here. And that's yeah. so huge. Yeah. Okay, so how do I begin to explore my gifting? Like, how does that work? Because even, and I think going back to your story of this guy that wanted to preach and the pastor says, hey, take care of this tree. I think that there's a biblical principle in that. I think that many times, and I'm guilty of this myself, like many times we kind of want to microwave our faith. Like we don't want to wait and incubate it and let it grow over time. We just want to put it in for 30 seconds, wait, and then we're, we're ready to go. But, but there's a biblical principle in that of being faithful in the small things. Like, you know, you've got to be entrusted with small things because who's going to give you large things if you're not faithful with the small. So how do we begin to incubate our spiritual gifting? Um, I don't even want to say so that we can, you know, go for those larger things, but how do we incubate the gifting that God has given us? Like, how yeah, do we grow yeah, that? How do we yeah. develop that? Well, I think it's a maturing process, right? Yeah. So I think, you know, what happens is, um, you know, God's actually going to grow us up. So one of the things that's happening is we're learning how to be in community together. We're learning how to encourage each other, strengthen each other. But but there's a process where Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, inhabits us, comes to live in us, and God is actually transforming us and helping us to become the people God wants us to become. So yeah. I think, you know, we're, we're maturing. We're and, and it's interesting because in the New Testament, that word for mature has a couple of different ideas with it. Like one okay. thing is that we're actually in Christ sort of mature at the point we're at. Okay. Um, there's a sense in that it also means completion. Mm. So we're complete. At the same time, God is growing us to be more than we used to be. Yeah. So I think, again, once we unite our, our life with Christ, once we make that proclamation, Jesus is Lord, the Holy Spirit comes to live with, within us, then God is actually growing us up, helping us to become a vital part of God's body, and um, and then going to gift us and, and use us to, you know, bring good news to bear yeah, yeah. with others. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm just trying to honestly what I'm doing is I'm, I'm listening to that, trying to think through thoughts and then even questions. So as we're yeah. doing that, like I yeah. And I feel like part of uh, whether this is right or wrong, maybe you can even give me guidance. But I feel like when I was younger and I was trying to figure out what my spiritual giftings were. I ended up kind of just stepping into roles and like stepping into opportunities that honestly, I wasn't sure if I was ready for. Right. Sure. Sure. And some of those things, it was like, wow, that was, that was great. And maybe that's not even the right word because what that sounds like is that I had all these great opportunities. And I don't mean that. Like what I mean is that, um, I guess in leadership, like there was, there was a gap and I'm going, well, I'm not sure if I can do that. Like, I don't know how to put that together. And right. I just, I don't want to put that together. Like for me, I even jokingly 
kind of said when I was a teenager, well, I, I never want to go into ministry because I want to actually make money. Like I, I don't want to do that. And just be careful telling God oh, there one you thing. Go. <laughs> Generally, it doesn't happen the way that it is. Yeah. So like, but even that, like it was those small things that I found myself like, okay, well, I guess I'll, I'll do a devotion this week. And honestly, the first time yeah. that I ever communicated yeah. in public, yeah. it was terrible. Yeah. Like my knees were knocking together. I spoke so fast that I was done like a 10 minute speech. I kid you not in like a minute and a half. Yeah. And I got every word out because I had <laughs> memorized it. Like it was not good yeah. at all. Yeah. But I remember in that, like, and it was a youth pastor that kind of gave me that opportunity. Yeah. And I remember in that, that night, there was a couple people that came to know Christ. And there was something about that that was like, man, I don't think I did a great job at all. But that yeah. was really cool to know that God, it wasn't because of what I said. Right, right, I, right, right, I right, can right. tell you now it was not from what I said. But to know that God wanted to use me as part of part of his body was yeah. was incredible. And so I feel yeah, like that's good. That's there, good. That there was some stepping out. And sometimes, honestly, there was stepping out and it was like, well, that did not go well. Right, and right, right, God right, right. clearly is not right, calling right, right, me right, in that right, direction. Right, right. Um, Which I think is important. Yeah. I, I think that's important. So I would say, so one of the things that has to happen in a church is that we have to give people an opportunity to explore things. Yeah, right. And that is one of the ways that you find out what your spiritual gifts are. So yeah. if you go to work with children and you're like, oh, I love this, then you're probably gifted at that. Yeah, um, right. On the other hand, if you go in and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know that I can handle this. It and may you're not apprehensive be... about everything and you're like, ah, oh, just keep away from it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I do think there is that piece. And I do think that we, you know, we have to try things. So yeah. one of the things the church has to do, which I think is really hard, is they actually have to build a mechanism where people can try things, but yeah. they're not signed up for a whole year, right? Yeah, right. So right. the you know, one of the funny things over the years has been um you know, people are always afraid to work with youth, not yeah. you, but other people are, <laughs> and, you know, they, uh, so what happens is you get this sense like, oh, we need another, you know, middle school person to teach. And people are like, oh, I can't yeah. do that. Right, and, right. You know, and, and so what happens is that it, we end up with the cold, uh, the warm body syndrome, I call right. it. That's where we'll find any person who's willing to do something. We'll just shove them in the room, nail it shut so they can't get out kind of thing. And But again, that that doesn't work for the youth and it doesn't work for the person, That's right. right? That's right. So what we want is we want to give people chances to explore things, figure out if it's something they really love. And if they love it, then yeah. the other people are going to love it too. If they hate it, the other people are going to hate it too. So. Yeah. One of the things we have to do is be pretty fluid and yeah, allow, right. you know, for people to try things out and then come back, have an honest conversation about whether that really worked for yeah. them or not. And I think that so on the other side of being, you know, one of those church leaders that that organizes, I've and I even said this today at our, our staff meeting that we just had a couple hours ago, like I feel like working at a church is kind of kind of like putting together a puzzle. Like I know that yeah. we have all the yeah. right pieces. Yeah. I just need to know if that piece fits there. So as people are stepping up to volunteer, it's really a conversation of going, man, hey, let's see what your availability is, like yep, what's yep, our need, yep. and then does this fit and follow-up conversation. So I think maybe even some of us might be a little bit hesitant to be like, man, I stepped into this and I really hate it and I'm only six months into this or whatever. Like yeah. you've given it a legitimate shot, but maybe it's just not where God has called you. Like it's okay to have a conversation with Absolutely. with the yep. person that's yep. running that because 
honestly, I feel like I've come to expect that. Mm-hmm. And and when that happens, I go, okay, so if that's not the right person, let's find the right person. That's I'm, right. I yep. have never been one to want to do warm bodies because yeah. really you do a disservice to Everybody. the people that you're serving and then you do it to you. Yeah. And then you're yeah. like, and, you're and burnt we don't, out, you're yeah, frustrated. We don't, yeah, we yeah. don't want people that say, I'm never doing that again. Right. You know what I mean? Because right. that's not helpful for them either. Right. So, right. And, and so one of the really important pieces in that puzzle is the whole spiritual gift piece. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah. So I think it's pretty amazing how the Holy Spirit has just equipped the church. Yeah. He's equipped the yeah. body with really everything that we need. And part of that is, I guess uh, I'm thinking and I'm feeling like part of that is an exploration Mm-hmm. of figuring yeah. it out yeah. and, I agree. and you're in a journey and it's together. It's not something that you have to do by yourself, but it's something that you can experiment where you can talk to people that are alongside of you that they can affirm or even maybe tell you that's not your gift. Exactly. Like, that's right. Uh, they yeah, being aff- open to that is important too. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think I that, I, I think that it's really good and as we're going through it. It's just amazing how God has or- orchestrated that or I, organized I yeah. that and puts it all together. And it's, it, honestly, when you see the body at work, it's pretty amazing. Like yeah. when you see the Holy Spirit's moving and, and people are operating and they're gifting and their talents and their abilities, like, man, you just, you sit back and praise God. It's yeah. not about you. It's not about, wow, I'm so awesome that I found the right person. Right. No, when things are clicking, it's like, wow, man, God, you're so awesome that you're doing that. Yeah, so. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I, I feel like that that was most of my my questions okay. and my thoughts as I was going through that. So, um, as always, we we try and say, hey, was there anything that maybe didn't make the the cut on the weekend? Like, sure, anything you left on the cutting room floor, or any additional thoughts or things that you wanted to expound on? Um, so, I guess kind of turn this back over to you. Okay. If there's okay. anything else well, you wanted to add, I think the only thing I'd add is just that you know, there's a reason why we're a body. Yeah. Um, there's a reason why every member counts, and Paul. Right. He really makes that very clear in that passage. And so um, so the church is not just one person. Um, right. The church is a body, and we all bring an important piece. So I would say, gosh, you know, showing up makes a big difference. I mean, it really yeah, makes a big really. difference. And because you're not just coming, but you're also bringing your gift Right. into the church in a way where you can encourage and strengthen and serve right. and all that kind of stuff. So I just think it's, it's huge. It's just a huge thing. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, to echo that you're missed, right? Yeah, like that's right. Absolutely. You're gifting yep. the yep. way that God has, has shaped you and given you the abilities that yeah. he's given you. That's right. Man, you're missed. That impact is missed. So, that's right. So one of the last things that you said was, and it was intentional, I'm pretty sure. Well, I guess you could tell me if it wasn't, but it seemed like it was intentional. You said, man, we're glad you're here. That's right. And, it, and That's it's right. a sincerity of going, man, God has given you a gift and ability, and we are the body, and God can do incredible things. The Holy Spirit is at work, and we're glad that you're here. Yeah, amen. amen. Like, I, I just even to echo, I, I'm sorry, I'm kind of getting on a soapbox, I guess. But <laughs> I just, like, that's. I think that's what can be missed in today's culture like when we get the opportunity and we can hear great teachers like great podcast subscribers even now like i'm not i'm not hating on the idea of of podcasts we have some great access to great preachers and teachers where we can grow in our faith but really the there's such an important part of being part of the body yeah yeah. because you get to use the gifts that god has given you so so don't let this podcast don't let watching church online be a substitute for actually being involved in the the local church 
much. Yeah. That's so, so I was, it, this is weird, but we, the other day we were burning stuff at our house, you know, good um, stuff, right? Like that. Well, no, the bad stuff. Oh, like we're getting, we're getting okay, it all okay. the junk, okay. you know, like gotcha. we, we have this big weed pile, old Christmas okay. trees. I, I was like, know. you're burning firewood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but the funny thing about that is when you want to put out the fire, what you do is you just scatter all right. the embers, right? right. Like, right. you know, you basically mm. sort of, because if they're together, they're still hot. And I, right. I think that's an image that's been used of the church for yeah, years, right? right? Right. So again, if if one ember is by itself, it will die out. Yeah. But when it's together. So I think, again, you know, God made us to be together. And yeah. and when we're together, we encourage each other, strengthen each other, grow together. All that good stuff happens. So yeah. I just encourage, you know, keep coming, keep getting involved. We, we love you or glad you're here. Yeah. I'm glad to be a family together. Yeah. So. And don't let this be a substitute to your local church. Right, exactly. Yeah. And that's then the right. other yeah. thing that I think I heard Gary say earlier that I'm just going to bring up now right before we close is that if you're an armpit, that's okay. Be an <laughs> armpit. I didn't say that. He didn't, but I, I heard it that way. Like, whatever gifting and talent God has given you, he's given it to yep. you for a purpose that's right. and that's a right. reason. That's right. So that's the preacher part, but I was having more fun in saying... Ar- you, armpits are important. They, they are. Really are. Like, because if you didn't have an armpit, you couldn't You'd move your arm. You'd be in bad trouble. Right? The shoulder? I don't know. I'm not a doctor or medical. It's also where your lymph nodes are, so all that's, that's really... True. You know, it's, it's really good, important. Look at us. So. We're figuring this out. Guys. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, is there anything else that you've no, got to add? Sorry. It. Sorry to... Uh, Great way to end. I yeah, like that. I guess. Yeah. Uh, we ended with armpits. So there's that. Well, that is kind of all the time we've got. Look at that. We're giving you a little extra time um, for today. You can enjoy your, your lunch hour if you get a lunch hour. Or if you're listening to this, whether that would be online, um, glad for glad, so happy and glad that you stopped by with us. Um, if you're listening to this via podcast, thank you for subscribing, for tuning in. Uh, you can find us, if you are watching online on Facebook or on YouTube, uh, you can find us by going to clcfamily.church slash media. And then this is the Overtime Podcast. You yeah. can both watch that and listen to it if you're interested in either of those formats. I'll also plug that we've got a couple other different podcasts that are there. Uh, one that Chris and I are doing yeah. that's brand new called The Well, really a resource for anybody that works with teenagers. would love for you to be a part of that. Um, Megan and Carrie do one called Bravely Honest. That one's specifically geared towards women. Um, I'll be honest, I don't actually listen to that one, so I know it's geared towards women, and that's pretty much all that I know. But it's awesome. I've been told that they've got yeah. great things going on great there. followers. As always, you can find our messages online if CLC family.church slash media. You can see this past week's message. You can listen to it. Um, yeah. So that's probably all that we got. Don't forget this coming Friday. Uh, it's February 28th from 68, six to eight. We have a game night. would love to see you there. love to just be able to connect with you and just have a little bit of downtime together. So thanks for joining us today and we'll see you later. Yeah, we will see you later. Bye.